We hope that this message will help guide you toward positive, Christ-centered change. By reviewing this podcast, you could be part of spreading the good news. Please also consider giving a donation to our ministry at cometoabc.com slash giving. As always, these messages are available to copy and share on social networks. Harmony. Those rare moments of complete unity. When everything works together. Everyone clicks. All the pieces fit. Selfishness is put aside. Egos and agendas fade away. And everyone is in sync. Totally committed to the team. Totally focused on making those around them better. It's efficient. Complete. Beautiful. But it rarely lasts. Selfishness rears its head. It breaks up bands. Destroys teams. Tears apart friendships. In a universe bent towards entropy and decay where friction and conflict are unavoidable and self-interest rules. These moments of unity never seem to last, except in one instance of constant and infinite harmony. Love so perfect and complete, it defies description and sets the standard for how we should treat one another. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, ever three and ever one. So harmony and unity uh, are given to us in the perfect example of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And uh, while we probably can never achieve that harmony and that unity on this side of eternity, Are we working? There we are. All right, so that's, that's what he wants us to do. And a few months ago, a uh, number of months ago, we did accept, believe, and care. And occasionally we'll want to go back in these things and kind of highlight them. So this, this falls underneath a couple of different things, this message this morning. Except, you see, this is what ABC is all about. Accept people so that they can go where God wants them to be and believe in Jesus Christ as Savior in the Bible as the accurate word of God and care by loving God and by serving people and using your God-given gifts for the kingdom of heaven. And you heard Anita share a little bit about using your God-given gifts for the kingdom of heaven. But even though each of you have gifts, if we're not in unity, it doesn't work very well, right? 
If, if you're trying to climb a ladder and your foot is trying to sit down or your leg wants to sit down, it doesn't work very well. If you're tied up, it doesn't work very well. And that's what Anita was talking about. So this morning, we're really going to be talking about accepting. Accepting, because I think that's where unity is found. So our main goal is to talk about unity, but we find that in acceptance. Acceptance. So we accept people for where they are, but we believe that God has something better for them. Amen? You guys got to believe God has something better for you, right? That God has a purpose for tomorrow. He wants to grow you. And that doesn't always mean financially, emotionally, or all these other things. But what it does mean is that he's going to be there with you. And he has good things in store for his children. He has good things in store for his children. He has good things in store for your family. He has good things in store for his churches, including this one. He has good things for us. And he wants to give us those things. But there's some things that we can do to kind of trash it. Now, we talked about football a little bit already. How many of you watched the, the Broncos-Patriots game? Now, it was amazing what the Broncos had as a game plan for defense. So bear with me. If you don't know anything about football, just smile and nod and pretend you do so I feel like I'm saying something. <laughs> what happened is they put everybody back in defense, and then they, for the most of the game, they rushed three people on the offensive line. And what it did is it blanketed the receivers of the Patriots so that Tom Brady could not throw passes very well. There was nobody open. All of the guys were doubled. The zone coverage and the man-to-man -man was beautiful. It all worked very well. And those three were able to get to the quarterback. Now, what happens in that game plan, if one of the, the linemen that isn't supposed to rush or one of the defensive backs decides to do its own blitz... What happens with that defensive plan? It falls apart. As soon as somebody wants to do their own thing, it breaks because it's a team effort. And if it wasn't team defense that won, they would have been blown out of that game because their offense wasn't really that high caliber. It was a tough game. It was a great game to watch. But the defense really made the difference, didn't it? So a lot of the times, uh, we have to think about a unified team. And, and as Anita was sharing this morning when she was talking with the kids, we are the body of Christ, and we are each body part serving in those things. And we each have goals and tasks. And if we try to do something that we're not supposed to do, it adds to confusion and chaos. And as we saw, you know, bricks get broken, teams break up, bands can't talk to each other anymore, families dissolve, there's fights, there's all of these things that happen. So this morning, I want to talk about two areas that you must, you really need to have unity. Really need to have unity. To have any peace in your life, you need to have unity in these two areas. And the first area that you really need to have unity is in your family. You need to have unity in your family. Because if you don't have unity in your family, then everything else is going to feel the chaos. Everything else is going to feel the strife. Everyone, everything else is going to feel the anger. Now, I know some of you are, are in here. You've been divorced. There's, there's two different parents. You're, you're going through difficulty in your marriage and everything else. I'm not saying that you have to be where you were or where you used to be, but you have to find a way to be a team. Amen? Amen. You have to find a way to be together on some things. Now, the interesting thing uh, with the Broncos is after, after they got home, they didn't all go to one house and sleep in one house. They went back to their different houses, right? But they're still a team. 
Now, God wants our marriages to be strong. So if you're married, I'm praying for your marriage. I, I pray that it's strong. But a lot of us have already gone past that point. We, we're in second, third, whatever relationships. And we're dealing with the aftermath of this. But what God wants to bring to this thing, this problem, this situation, is unity. Amen? He wants you to find some common ground so that you can work together. Especially if you have young kids, you have to do that. You have to find that common ground. You have to live in unity. So what does Scripture say about unity? Psalm 34, starting at verse 11. Psalm 34, verse 11. It says, Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Do any of you want to live a life that is long and good? Amen! Yes, right? Then watch your tongue. Keep your lips from telling lies and turn away from evil and do good. Work hard at living in peace with those you like. That's not what it says. It says work hard at living in peace with others. That sounded wrong. Yeah. Live life working at peace. How many of you really like peace? It's nice, right? You ever go somewhere, it's just peaceful? Maybe it's outdoors by the river. Maybe, maybe it's just this quiet little area that you've honed out in your house where you can't hear the kids yelling. Maybe it's your car that you hide in so the kids don't know you're home yet. You laugh. I've seen parents do it. You, you hide out. There's peace in certain situations. And God wants you to have peace. But what we neglect sometimes to realize is that peace is hard work. It doesn't come easy. And what we forget to realize sometimes is that peace isn't just saying, peace, 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 man. It's not that. Sometimes it is sweat, and it is work, and it is labor, and it is hard, and it is aggressive at times, peace is. It doesn't sound peaceful. But the path to peace is not always peaceful. Amen? Some, some of you are living with areas, big areas in your life that are not peaceful. It's the things you think about when you go to sleep at night. It's the thing that's at your doorstep in the morning when you wake up. It's the thing that aggravates you when you're at work. Whatever it is, it's because it hasn't been dealt with. You have to work towards peace. You see that in our world today. It's work to have peace with the other nations. It's work to have peace with your husband. It's work to have peace with your wife. It is work to do these things. But it is worth it. Amen? Because when we go through that work, we'll see some things come to pass. 1 Peter 3.8. 1 Peter Finally, all of you should be of one mind, full of sympathy toward each other, loving one another with tender hearts and humble minds. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate when people say unkind things about you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God wants you to do, and he will bless you for it. For the scriptures say, if you want a happy life and good days, keep your tongue from speaking evil, keep your lips from telling lies, turn away from evil and do good, work hard at living in peace with others, 
The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears open, are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. The Lord turns his face against those who do evil. So, here, here let's break this down a little bit. Let's, let's look at this. All of you should be of one mind. So here's how we find peace. Here's the work that we have to do. All of us should be of one mind. We should be of full sympathy towards each other. That means we think of others first, right? Loving one another with tender hearts and humble minds. What, what does it mean to have a tender heart? What does that look like? It means that we're sensitive to others, right? We don't approach a situation with a fight or with an argument. Instead, we approach it with tenderness and care. Think, think of holding a newborn baby. Now, my baby goes through 15 to 20 diapers a day. And I, I know this because the average baby goes through 12. <laughs> but... When he goes through the extra three, and I'm counting up the 75 cents that adds up to each of the, you know, all that, I don't get angry with him, do I? I still treat him the same way. When he's down there on that changing table, I smile at him. I talk with him. I, I help him. As he gets older, I, I'll teach him that there is a place for that, and it is not in his pants any longer. Right? I've got a daughter that's going through this process right now. And... And I sing a little song to her. I won't, I won't bless your ears with it this morning. <laughs> but, but we approach things with the understanding of who they are, sympathy. With the understanding that we have to have humble hearts. So we approach the situation with an idea of help and humility, saying, oh, we've been there before. I'm not judging you. I, I, I'm trying to help. And then we're also approaching it with humble minds. So humble hearts and humble minds. Minds that are sensitive. Minds that are helpful. Minds that are humble. Now, how many of you have won an argument before? You think you won. You think you won. You may even have gotten them to say, well, you won that. You know what they're doing is they're saying, I'm done. <laughs> I don't want to fight anymore. See, most of the time, arguments don't work out. How many of you have lost arguments? Maybe you were right. Maybe what you were saying is completely correct. But you know what didn't happen is your heart wasn't humble. Your mind wasn't ready. You weren't approaching the situation with love. And when the fight happened or the argument or you telling them how they're wrong happened... There was an explosive response that you did not expect. You ever experienced that? Yeah. So, so instead of argument, instead of approaching it like that, we're supposed to approach it with humility, with humble minds and humble hearts. And if someone does evil to us, then we should figure out how quickly we can get back at them. No, wrong. There's a, there's a version of the Bible I would like to write called Ben's Flesh. <laughs> the fleshly response is repay evil for evil. And don't hesitate to retaliate when people say unkind things about you. Instead, pay them back with worse than what they gave you. It says, here's what it says. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate when people say unkind things. 
against you. Instead, pay them back with blessing. But Ben, you don't know what they did. You don't know that nerve that they struck. You don't know how my life was. I don't. You're right. I don't. But guess who does? God. Guess who inspired the scriptures? God. So I know sometimes we'd like to take a racer and just say, oh, not for me, for everyone else. I want them to treat me that way. But, but we're supposed to do this. This is what living at peace is. This is how we gain unity. Is first of all, we have to check ourselves. We have to check ourselves. Everyone say, check myself. Check myself. I have to make sure that I'm in right standing with God. So first of all, unity isn't going to happen in the family unless I'm unified with God. Unless I'm part of that trinity they were talking about. Unless I've submitted myself to God's word and his authority. You're not going to find peace. Secondly, I have to approach this scripture and say, okay, if I really want peace, then here's what I have to do. I have to have a tender heart, I have to have a humble mind, and I have to show love towards everyone. I have to be full of sympathy. Sympathy. How, how am I going to do that? You ever teach your kids to count to ten? <laughs> count. Calm down. And here's the adult version of that. Calm down. Don't send that email out. Don't hit send on that. Don't get in that argument and that fight when you're angry and, and it's not logical yet. Stop for a day or two if it takes that. Pray about it and ask God to give you love for that person. But I don't want to. I know that's why you need to ask God to give it to you. Ask God to give you that compassion. Ask God to give you that, that love, that tender heart that only he can give because I want you to know that no matter what that person did no matter what you've done God continues to have a tender heart towards you his child amen, amen. do you believe that that God isn't waiting to throw a lightning bolt at you he wants you to come down and sit on his lap like a little child and he wants to tell you that he's a good father that loves you amen. that he loves you dearly and he wants you to follow him. And as you're following him, he's going to give you that heart. He's going to help you understand what you're to do. So don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate when people say unkind things about you. And even if your feelings are hurt in your marriage, don't yell at the other person. Don't retaliate when you think that they're stepping on you. Don't retaliate when your coworker says that thing that always irks you. Just smile. Bring him a donut and coffee the next day. It'll mess with their head. Give them a gift when it's not their birthday. They're going to think that you're a weirdo. And they're going to be concerned and maybe stop picking on you. <laughs> Love them the way Christ loved you. I want you to know that Christ gave you his blood, even though you didn't deserve it. Christ gave you his very body, bled and died for you while you were yet an enemy of God. But I was never an enemy of God, you say. Scripture says otherwise. It says we're born into that field. That we are born against God. And that only through rebirth do we find Jesus. But when we find him, we realize what he's done for us while we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners, while you were yet sinners, he died for you. He died for me. 
So, so God wants us to have that same attitude, that same love, that same peace. Verse 21, if you jump ahead, it says, Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by what? Doing good. So it's not just prayer. It's not just, I pray for that person. But it's doing good. You have to follow it up with action. A lot of the times I think we allow our faith to get stuck in our head and it never moves to our hands. Our faith has to have some action to it. So don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. So in, in our home life, we, we really need this active. Because I, I think sometimes we're walking around because we bruise somebody, they bruise us back. We're going through all this stuff, these mind games that are in our head. And we don't have a real basis of reality because we haven't sought the mind of God on this. Instead, we're thinking about how we are not getting what we deserve. And usually we deserve more than everyone else. You ever find that interesting? But God wants to show us a different way. There was a, a man in Minnesota who was running for town commissioner, and the newspaper printed it up uh, when he announced that he was seeking re-election. He'd already been elected. They said his family was behind him, 10%. <laughs> a week later, they had to write a, a revision to that article saying, well, we meant 100%, sorry for the, the miscalculation. <laughs> but I think that's how we feel sometimes. We feel like, Man, my family's behind me 10%. 10%. I don't, I don't think that's really accurate. What may be happening, and probably is happening most of the time, is they don't know what's happening in your head. They don't know the arguments and the discussions that are going on in your mind. They don't know your feelings, your emotions, and the situation. And... I believe that is perfect territory for the enemy. I believe Satan's real. To allow little whispers into your heart and into your mind that this person against you is not for you. You ever have an argument with somebody when they're not even around? Well, if I just told them this, and they would be this, and that, and then they would know how wrong they are. <laughs> and they would just confess that Jesus is Lord. And then I'm better than them. <laughs> Realize they may be going through the same thing in their head. They're battling the same ideas. And I'm telling you, there is an enemy out there. That is goal. Is to rob, kill, steal, and destroy. His goal is to trash you. And if you give in to that side of it, it makes his job a whole lot easier. But there is also a God that is for us, who is to build us up and teach us how to have unity in our homes and in the environments that we are in. So what does disunity look like? It looks like bad communication, bottling it up on the inside and then exploding sometimes. You ever see a, a Coke, Diet Coke bottle shooken up with a Mentos in it? <laughs> So much power, so much force. Sometimes that's what we are. We're little powder kegs walking around with a fuse. It's this short and somebody else has a match and they're just following us. Boom! 
Explosion. We shove it down till it explodes. Bad communication. We're not approaching it. We're not doing the hard work of peace that requires communication. We already went through how we communicate. Love, tender hearts, praying before God before we do it. But we have to still do that hard work of communication. And that's not always easy talks. That may not always end well. It may actually end with them having an argument with you. But guess what? You don't have to jump into that argument. Amen? You can say, okay, I can see we're not making any headway in this. We're going to either address it later or I love you. Let's deal with this. Okay, lack of trust. Bad communication, lack of trust. That's where I have that idea that they have it in for me. That the world is against me. You ever have that thought? The world is against me. I've heard little kids when they're crying. You can't have a lollipop. Why does the world hate me? Why is the world against me? And I think that's so hilarious that little kid's doing it, but then I look around and we as adults tend to do that too. Everything's against us. Everything hates us. That's absurd. That's not reality, is it? We have a lack of trust. And if we have a lack of trust, it's going to lead to bad communication. And it's going to lead to disunity. It's not going to give us peace. And the third is fighting or worse, we're through with fighting. We're through. We're just done with that even. And I think that's fear-based. I think the one before that is fear-based. The lack of trust, it's fear. Because well, we don't know what the other side of it looks like. If we work hard towards peace, what if they neglect it and they disgrace it and they trash it and I walk away hurt more than I ever was? I want you to know you're still going to find peace. You're going to find unity with God because guess what you did? You united yourself with God's word and you obeyed to what he wanted you to do. And when you do that, you're going to find peace even if the situation doesn't work out the way you think it should. God is going to give you peace that comes from within, not from external. There's, there's a saying that says you can have union without unity. Meaning there can be a locked-in thing without unity. And maybe some of you experience this. And the best illustration I can think of is if you tie cat's tails together and throw them over a clothesline. They're in union, but they're not unified, are they? <laughs> They're fighting. They're clawing, right? I've never done that. So those of you that love cats, I'm not suggesting that. I'm saying that's a bad thing. But you can imagine what that would look like. Some of us are in environments where we're chained together and we're just clawing at each other because we're that close. There's a better way. We can work towards peace. Amen? So what does unity in the home look like? Uh, how many of you are fans of IU basketball? There's a few of you, yeah. There is a player right now, he's a point guard. Anyone shout out his name for me? Farrell, Yogi, right? Farrell. So guess what Farrell has done in this last month? He has the all-time assist record for IU. And he got it on a play where he passed the ball forward, and it was a simple layup, and I think the next play or the next couple plays, he did an amazing alley-oop. So he's well over 500, I think it was 596 or something he beat in, in assists, and he just keeps rolling. He's in his fourth year. So, so here's what my suggestion is. Instead of us always looking to score our point or make our point, what we should be doing is passing the ball. So I, I think the image you need to get in your head is really if you want to be a peacemaker. If you want to have unity in your home, what you need to do at times, and you can use this with your kids, use this with their spouse, use it 
everywhere, is we need to be an assist maker. Jesus called it serving. We need to look at other people's needs first and pass the ball to them so they can score, right? If you help someone else win, guess what? You win. You win. And, and, and this is very apparent. In that game where he broke the record, they won by, I think it was 35 points against the fighting Illini. Because they moved the ball. They also broke the record for the most three-pointers in an NCAA game in that game. Incredible. How they moved the ball, how efficient they were, how selfless they were. They passed it. And they shot it with efficiency because they were not thinking of themselves. Someone was not stuffing the, the stats. They were working together as a team. How many of you want that type of teamwork? Amen. How many of you want to live in that type of peace and that joy? Because guess what? When you win, it's fun, isn't it? Now, when we first had our kids, I kind of changed the name of our family to Team Pool. <laughs> so we go somewhere, we go, go Team Pool. We go do something, Team Pool. And if you really think of it that way, your family, your, your extended relatives, the, the, your grandkids, all these, they're a part of your team. Pass the ball. Serve them. And guess what? They're going to say, whoa, that's fun. Let's do that again. Let's, let's pass it back. One of my favorite plays in basketball is the give and go. It's so much fun when, when you're playing and, and someone passes you the ball and you pass it to them and then you make a cut and the defense isn't right there and you're just right there for the layup or an open wide shot. It, it, it's fun. And then when it goes in, everyone goes, yeah, they give each other a high five as they run back for defense. That's what our family life should look like. Amen? That's what it should be like. It should be enjoyable. It should be fun. It should be a good time. So uh, be a point guard. Have good communication Establish rock-solid trust. And the way we do that ourselves is by doing what we say we're going to do. By following through. And have peace even in disagreement. So if we have peace in disagreement, then we're not giving in to the fear mentality that is saying, well, this person thinks I'm worthless because they disagree with this. There are, there are people that are so wounded that, that when someone disagrees with them, they think that somebody is out to get them. And that's not the case. Most of the time, that is not the case. We need to move past our fears and, and live in the love of God. Have peace even in disagreement. Discuss without getting angry. Now, I want you to realize, if you have kids at home, their emotional stability is forged. It's forged in the home. It's made in the home. And 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now, it's going to still be impacting them what happened in the home. It's vitally important. It is vitally important that we have that team mentality in our homes. There's sometimes we get distracted and we have uh, a competition mindset when it comes to our relationships. Uh, a give and take we think of our relationships as. And that's not, not what God intended at all. There's a story I heard of a an orchestra that had a performance, and the performance was just way off. They were not unified. They were not combined. And, and they had played so badly. The next day when they got back together for practice, the, the leader stood up, and he told the violin players to turn around and face the trumpets. 
And he told everyone to move and no one to focus on him. And then he tried to lead them. He said, drummers, you play whatever you want to play. Well, the drummers didn't even stop the song. <laughs> and everyone was going at a different time and playing, trying to play the same piece, but it was just chaos. It was chaos. Because they took their eyes off of the leader. I want you to know, your leader is Jesus Christ. And if you're experiencing a lack of unity, if you're experiencing a lack of peace, at home or anywhere else, turn your eyes to the director. Turn your eyes to Jesus Christ. Because we're not going to be playing the same tune if we're all off doing our own thing. What we're called to do is follow Jesus. And if we do that, He's going to align us. He's going to maintain us. He's going to keep us well. He's going to keep us straight. And he's going to keep us healthy. He's going to give us that peace, even in difficult circumstances. He is going to give that to us. Uh, going back to the assist thing, just one, one last thing. When, when we help somebody, we're really showing them that we understand. And maybe we don't completely understand, but when we help somebody, it helps them to think that we at least care about understanding. There's, there's a joke that says, uh, an exhaustive scientific study showed that no wife ever shot her husband while he was washing dishes. <laughs> He'd at least wait till he's done, right? <laughs> Guys, and... and, and if we're helping each other, we can't help but, but get closer. We can't help but become more unified. It's, it's a good thing. So the, the home has to be unified and the, the church has to be unified. A lot of these things overlap. If you want to turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. It says, Try to live in peace with everyone and seek to live a clean and holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you will miss out on the special favor of God. Watch out that no bitter root of unbelief rises up among you. For whenever it springs up, many are corrupted by its poison. Try to live in peace with everyone and seek to live a clean and holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other. Everyone say each other. So that none of you will miss out on the special favor of God. I want the special favor of God. Amen. I want to experience that special favor. It's something that's unmerited, unearned. But we can miss out on it, guys. We can miss out on it. We can miss out on it as a church. We can miss out on it as a Sunday school class. We can miss out on it as, you know, when we're getting together for the chili bowl. We can miss out on the special favor if we're not living in peace with everyone. God desires for us to live in peace with everyone. He wants us to love everyone. Romans chapter 14.
If you're there, you beat me. <laughs> Romans chapter 14. Verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God. Woo! And other people will approve of you too. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, there is nothing wrong with these things in themselves, but it is wrong to eat anything if it makes another person stumble. Let me give you a little bit of background. There was a fight going on in the church. I know it's very surprising that it's never happened before. But there was a fight going on in the church. And it was over what you can eat and what you can't eat and what a good Jewish person would eat and can the Gentiles eat this. And it just turned into a mess. And it was a mess that didn't need to be. And sometimes our arguments and our frustrations and our trials are not put on us by somebody else. They're put on us because we're having a mess that we don't need to have. I want to please God. And he says, if we live with peace, if we allow peace and joy from the Holy Spirit, then other people will approve of us too. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. How many of you know that we're called to encourage people? Woo! We're called to lift each other up. When somebody does something good, don't think, well, I'm going to let them know eventually. When your kid does something right, you know how you reinforce proper behavior? You know how you really change the mentality of a child? Praise them for every good thing that they do. Don't wait for them to do something bad and say, well, you did something good, but you did something bad too. Start praising them for what they do good. When they do something well, you say, good job, right off. There was a teacher that was in a Chicago school, and she had lost control of her classroom. So another teacher that was known for whipping classes into shape came in. And you think that she would crack down on discipline, get really hard and in these kids' faces. But you know what she did? She taught that other teacher who had lost her classroom to spend every 30 seconds praising somebody else. Dwight, good job. You're sitting here so quietly. Good job. You're awake. I'm glad. Simple things that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Hey, you got your textbook open. I know you're not looking at it yet, but good job. You got your textbook open. You know what happened within 30 minutes in that classroom? People want love. People want to be encouraged. You know what it means to encourage somebody? It means to bring them courage. When you praise somebody's good behavior, when you praise somebody's godly behavior, when you praise their good works, what you're doing is encouraging them to do more. You're encouraging them to continue. And we have to do that as a body. We have to do that as believers. We should be more generous with our encouragement than anywhere else because, guys, it's easy, and guess what? It's free. I can say good job for free. It doesn't cost anything but a breath. And that's what God has called us to do, is to build up His church, build up His body. So instead of saying negative, tear down, destructive things, what we do is say, oh, 
but they're doing so well over here, and I love this about them. And you start saying it to them, and start writing them letters, and start encouraging them, and you watch. You watch it transform. I know some of us don't talk to our own kids, or we're fighting with this brother, or this sister, or this person. And I'm talking family relations. Guys, if you started encouraging them, those restored relationships, those relationships would be completely restored. I want you to know, God doesn't want you to live in a fight. He has something better for you. Amen? He wants you to live in peace and unity with everyone. And that's what He has for you. Moody. Dwight L. Moody said this. There are two ways of being united. One is being frozen together. And the other is being melted together. What Christians need is to be united in brotherly love. And then they may expect to have power. Whew. That's great. They may expect to have power. So, so what does disunity look like? Th this is what it looks like. I do, I do what I want to do. I, I don't care what others think. We stay out of each other's way. We, we gossip and we slander. There's no trust. And, and, and when adversity comes, we kind of let people out to hang. There's a, a story of Tonto and the Lone Ranger, and they were riding through a canyon together. And, and all of a sudden, the sides of the canyon were filled up with a whole bunch of Indians. And they were chanting war cries, and they were about ready to pour down the hills and come at the Lone Ranger. And the Lone Ranger turned to Tonto and said, What are we going to do? And Tonto replied, What do you mean we, white man? <laughs> You're in this alone. Guys, we need each other. We have to be there for each other. So what does unity look like? Unity looks like the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three in one serving each other. Living out of their hearts for each other. Surrendering to each other. John 17, 22. It has, I think, one of the most important prayers that Jesus ever prayed. If you have time, write it down, look it up later. He, he says, I, I pray that they would be one. And you know what he's talking about? He's talking about his church. He's talking about our church. I'll pray that they be one. This is my prayer. He's talking about all the other churches in our community. And they all have different signs and different denominations and slightly different beliefs and everything else. But you know what his prayer was before he went up to heaven? He was like, Lord, I pray that they would be one. Because when they are one, then the world will see that it's different. There's unity, there's peace, there's joy. And if we don't have unity and joy, there's nothing the world has for here. There's no reason for them to be here. There's no reason for people to come in. If we do not obey Scripture, if we don't have the unity of God within us, if we are not one as God wants us to be one, I pray that they would be one. What does unity look like? Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It looks like common mission. It looks like always believing the best about somebody else. Maybe they said something to you. Maybe they didn't say anything at all and you think they slighted you. Believe the very best. Believe the best about them. Trust to believe the best. Share your burdens and your sacrifices together. Live together in harmony. Be that point guard in that situation. Give them the ball. Allow that to be the way that you lead. 
And I believe God can do some tremendous things in your life, at your home, at your work, at your church, if you follow these hard things, if you do this hard work at establishing peace. Let's pray. We hope that this message will help guide you toward positive, Christ-centered change. By reviewing this podcast, you could be part of spreading the good news. Please also consider giving a donation to our ministry at cometoabc.com slash giving. As always, these messages are available to copy and share on social networks. Until next time, continue to grow in Jesus.